This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everybody doing? This is David. And let's get right into it today because we are joined from the other coast by the one and only Jasmine Johnson from Married to Medicine LA. How are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm so happy to be here today. You, where are you calling from? I mean, I know you're in LA, but that background, you look so nice. Thank you. You. I'm in my backyard. I see palm trees. I see trees. So it's really nice <laughs> in LA right about now. Yes, the weather is like perfect. It's hot, but there's still nice breezes you can see. So I've just been outside to make it feel like it's someplace other than LA. How have you been quarantining? How has that been going? I mean, honestly, it's been good for me. Everyone keeps asking. I mean, I am getting frustrated from being home so much, but I also like being home. So that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, well, you know what it is. It's like the other day, someone's like, "If we're out in June, I'm like, oh my god, that's like 27 days from now." I'm like, wait, I'm not like. I mean, it would be great, but I'm like, I have so many things left to do. Right. I agree. So the only thing I don't like is that. I like doing my errands, like going to the grocery store, going to Target, but now it's like you have to wear a mask. So it's a little uncomfortable, you know, and everyone's like scared of everyone. You don't want to get close to people. So I don't like that. Like, I just want us to be able to just be out around each other. That's, that's kind of the worst thing. And like, so I, so I wear glasses a lot of the time. And like, I thought it was just me. I talked to other friends with glasses, like the mask fogs up your glasses as you're walking. And I'm like, yeah. This is not comfortable. And like, yeah, it's, it's depressing when you're like kind of afraid of the people around you when you're in the grocery yes. store. You're like, this is not how I want to live. Right. It's like, I'm normally really amped to go grocery shopping and now I'm just like, never mind. So now I really have no outlet. I know. It's not, it's not good. So, well, that's, I'm glad that you, you know, could join us today. I figured I want to get to know you better. You know, we've seen one season, we've seen 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. So like, 
tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? Like, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? So I am from Inglewood, California. I was born and raised there. And I had a good childhood. I grew up with my mother and my father in the household. I have two sisters, one older sister and one younger sister. And, you know, we really, we weren't, I wouldn't say that we, we didn't have what I have now, but we never struggled. And we, we always kind of just coasted, you know, I, I have good memories, um, just a happy, honestly, a happy childhood. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I would say one of the things that I struggled with growing up is fitting in because where I grew up, it was predominantly African-American. And so there wasn't that many biracial people, or at least not any that looked like me that I could kind of relate to, or just kind of like mesh with all of my friends looked a lot different for me from me and I was picked on a lot. So that was tough. Now thinking back about some of my characteristics, like my defensiveness and my, my urge to like be a people pleaser. I think a lot of it stemmed from some of the adversity that I faced and just feeling like I needed to do more just to fit in, you know, but I'm not complaining. I had, I had a good childhood, but that was one of the things, one of the obstacles that I faced in my life. And it was because it was like a predominantly African-American area and like your father's Persian and your mother is African-American. That is correct. They would make jokes like, ah, your dad owns a gas station or they'd say light bright. I was very, very thin, um, like really skinny. I didn't have a body like most of the people around me. I didn't have an hourglass shape at all. So um, that was one of the things they would pick on. It sounds so juvenile talking about it now as an adult, but it sticks with you. No, I mean, I get it. Well, you know what the funny thing is? Like, you talk to, like, a lot of models, I mean, yeah. that are models. And, like, at first, like, I, the first time I heard it, I was like, what? Like, you're gorgeous and you were picked on because you were tall and thin when you were young. Right. And the more models that I've talked to, like, through, like, this, I'm like, yeah. Like, they really, truly all have the same story that, like, being thin and tall when yeah. you were young was not was not what it is as an adult, so to speak. Not at all. Um, so yeah, overall, I've had a, pre- a pretty good childhood. After. That's good. And then what did you, like, did you want to, like, have any, like, you know, what were your interests, like, in growing up? Like, were you like, I want to be a designer, I want to be this, you know, like, what were your, like, what were your interests, or, like, what did you kind of want to be when you grew up? Yeah, definitely wanted to be a fashion designer. I love interior design. Even when I was young, I would like move my bedroom around, rearrange things every month or so, like change my comforters and buy different colored pillows and paint my walls. So I definitely love design and being creative. I'm very hands-on. I used to write a lot. I used to write poems. I had, I have like books full of poems and just kind of like diaries, but, but very you know, like writing in a creative way. So I really enjoyed that. I was always in the sports. So I played volleyball. I ran track. I did cheerleading, um, basketball for a minute and Girl Scouts. So that's good. I mean, that you did, like I I was picked on when I was in high school and I did nothing. I just like retreated into my book. So that's good that like, even though, you know, you were different, like you kind of at least got out there and did your own thing. Right. Well, at a certain point, like, 
in seventh grade, my mom, um, I, I changed school. So I actually went all the way to Brentwood for school, Paul Revere. And so even though it was a different environment, it was still kind of the same thing, but opposite. Like I wasn't enough of that or enough of that. So it stuck with me, but um, I'm, I got a lot of exposure to diversity and um, I think that helped me a lot, you know? And so, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm very driven and I'm very, like I'm, I'm an Aries. So even, even when I'm resilient, so even when things occur, I feel like, odds are against me I hate to say that but no matter what I'm gonna go for what I want I'm gonna find a way to release and be happy and have an outlet you know that's good and yeah. then when after high school where like what happened after high school like where did life take you and like how did you eventually meet your husband so after high school I went to college Cal State Long Beach and I went through a little stage of you know the whole clubbing and kind of just being wild a little bit, uh, living a different life. I was an assistant to a major record label and uh, my best friend was dating someone um, pretty famous. So we went into like this whole club scene and just living the fun, fast life. I got an apartment in Studio City um, and and I kind of lived that life. And then I got it out of my system. <laughs> so then I reverted back to kind of focusing on my goals and finishing, finishing college, getting my degree. I met my husband at a hospital that I was interning at because my major was psychology at one point. And so this hospital was providing a, a, um, like internship. internship. Yes. And so I did the internship, but in the midst of it, um, he was an active psychiatrist at one of the hospitals and I was just in the nursing station one day and he was in there and he's like, Hey, are you, are you an actress by any chance? And I'm like, Nope. I like working here, <laughs> working here, you know? And, uh, he's like, oh, okay, well, can we exchange numbers? I'd like to get to know you. So we exchanged numbers and we dated for a long time. Actually, we didn't even become boyfriend and girlfriend until five months later, but we were like actively courting for like that long. Wow. Um, and so, you know, after a little while I resigned from that internship, I still stayed in school and everything, but I started to help him with his business and kind of assist him in that to still have an income, you know, and we've been together ever since. Wow. Well, only in LA is the first opening line, are you an actress? Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> You're like, all right. And right. so like, were your, I mean, you know, like were your parents and like friends like, oh my God, like he's a doctor. Like if I met a doctor, I'd be thrilled personally, but that's just me. You know, yes. But at that time in my life, a doctor and just his whole vibe, which was very polite and just kind of like by the book was different for me. Like I was not used to that. I was used to something very opposite. So it was a struggle for me to adjust to being courted and, you know, him being polite and, you know, going home even after a late night, like that was very new to me. So my parents definitely supported it, but my friends, I wouldn't say they supported it. It was very, it was as new for them as it was for me because they were very like me, you know, we were dating the same type of people. So we were just like, 
I don't know. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do this? He must be doing that. You know, we just couldn't figure it out. But turns out he's just a good guy. Right. Like, you know, you were in the clubs and just meeting, meeting guys in the wrong yeah. places. And then, right. Like, isn't it sad like that we're all like that? Like when like a good guy yeah. comes along, you're like, there's something, right. there must be something wrong with him. And you're like, no, there's actually some good guys just out there. Yeah. That, that happen to be professional. So that's, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, it is a good thing. So then you guys got married, you know, and then eventually settled like where you are now. In Be- so you're actually in Beverly Hills, right? Or Bel Air. Right. Well, we actually, we were um, boyfriend and girlfriend for about 10 years. And oh, wow. we got Right. I mean, not 10 years, actually a little less than that. But we just recently got married in 2015. So we haven't been married that long in wow. relation to how long we've been together. Um, and so that's still an adjustment because when you go into a partnership with someone, it's, it's a different story, even if you've been with that person for a long time. Totally. Now we're going to get into, you know, like a lot of, you have a lot of things going on online and we're going to yeah. get into like some of your businesses, but before we do all of that, cause like in the end, I want to talk about like, you know, just some of the things you have going on and like your actual businesses and passions, yeah. which I don't really think we saw the first season on Married yeah. to Medicine, but let's just humor everyone. Cause look, everyone's going to want to hear a little bit about the show. So let's just go there first. Now, okay. So here's my question. Before you were even cast on this show, like, did you watch Bravo? I mean, like, you don't have to, like, yeah. were, you a Bravo, you were, were you like a big yes. Bravo fan? Absolutely. I, my husband is like, I cannot believe you know these reality stars and you don't know these huge actors and actresses. You're preaching to the choir here. I, I have a friend who's like into A-list, like actors and actresses, and I literally don't know half of them. And he's like, right. he doesn't know when I talk. It's like, he's like, he listens to this podcast. He's like, it's like you're talking a different language. Yeah, that's what my husband says. So, so yes, to answer your question, I loved Bravo and I still do. That's amazing. Same here. So, I mean, but like a lot of people say that, like, if you listen to like Reza Farhan from like Shaza Sunset, like every time he does an interview that it comes up, he's like, make no mistake. Like I'm a Bravo celebrity, but I'm also a, a fan of Bravo. He's like, I watch every show on Bravo. So like, what were your favorite shows or are your favorite shows? Um, definitely Real Housewives of Orange County. I love Vicky. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, I love New York. I love pretty much all of them, honestly. They're so fun and just free. I love Atlanta. Of course. I love all of the Real Housewives, to be honest. It's, I'm getting into Potomac, but I love all of the other ones a lot. They're good. And then did you know, like, did you know anyone, like, before you even got involved in this show? Like, just from, like, you know, living in Orange County, li- living in Beverly Hills, like, the Married to Medicine, Atlanta girls. Like, did you know anyone on Bravo before even getting remotely cast? No, but I do see uh, Lisa Vanderpump all of the time in the neighborhood because she's literally down the street, so. That's a good one to know, or, I mean, to, like, run into. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't know, did you watch Married to Medicine Atlanta before you were cast in this? Not from the very beginning, but I did watch it maybe like two years prior to getting on the LA cast. I did. And I liked that show. You liked it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. And then, okay, so how, so how did this all come about? You know, like when they were casting, like how did you get involved with this show? So my husband actually randomly, I was, I remember like yesterday I was coming out of Costco and he text messaged me a screenshot of them reaching out to him on Facebook. And he's like, I'm not doing this shit, but you can if you want to. <laughs> and so I said, hmm, you know, like I gave it some thought because him and I had actually agreed to never do a reality show ever. And it was like a consensus that we had. So when the opportunity came along, it was like, I don't know. I mean, it is married to medicine and I am married to medicine and I know you don't want to do it, but I was in a transitional period. I had just had my, or I was pregnant with my son and my grandmother had just passed away at 102 years old. So I'm very like in tune with like the universe. So I was like, did this fall in my lap for some reason right now? Am I supposed to be doing this, you know? And I kind of felt like I was, so I, I went for it. And did you have any reservations and did your husband have any reservations in doing it? I mean, obviously we did have reservations. I, I for sure did not want to do it together. I didn't want, I'm not in support of us doing it together. He didn't want to, so I didn't have to like say, you can't do it. But I don't, I would not have done it if it was us together because I'm very protective of our marriage. Um, I don't know how many times like I see divorces happen like randomly you know and I'm just like so is that kind of like a packaged deal with this life you know and I don't want that for us I don't I know that when you put pressures on a marriage and when you open people to your marriage for them to judge it will greatly impact how likely you are to make it through you know I mean that's a good point you know like who knows if these marriages would have dissolved if they hadn't been on reality TV, but look at all the marriages that have dissolved in front of our eyes. Yeah. Some people say that it would happen regardless. Like the people that don't make it are because it just wasn't working anyway. But I feel, I feel a little different. I feel like, I feel like reality TV can definitely cause it. Yeah. And I mean, it certainly can't, help it so to speak i mean maybe it could but i don't think it could right and did you know it was married to medicine you know like a lot of the housewives start as like a different show like did you know this was like going to be married to medicine like it was clear they were bringing this to la yes it was it was they had actually gone through a series of um casting people putting out like looking for people and a lot of people i guess had to audition not audition but like go through like a a a stage of getting accepted or not getting accepted and uh they just wanted me to do it I didn't go through any of that so it wasn't like I went through like an audition phase because if that were the case I wouldn't do it it was more like we want you you know 
and not to sound like any kind of way, but if I was like having to sell myself to be on this, no, but because I didn't have to go through that, that's what made me feel like it was intended for me, you know, like maybe you should just do this. That's really good. Like, and I mean, it, it is a little different. I think, you know, I mean, it's neither here nor there. I'm just saying like one of the differences I see is like the LA version does have more married to medicine Whereas the LA version, I mean, the LA version has more like, you know, doctors' wives mixed with doctors, yeah. whereas the Atlanta version is technically all doctors, more or less. Yeah. So, I mean, did that, like, do you, did you feel, because look, we saw that scene, like, I think in episode one, where Dr. Heavenly says to you, you know, like, what are you, just a doctor's wife? You know, yeah. like, was there any, did you get any of that from, like, the other girls on the cast of, like, here are the doctors on this side, and these are the doctors' wives on that side. Um, there was definitely, to me, some uh, some superiority from the doctors versus the wives on our cast. Yes, I feel like a lot of them felt like you can't be this, 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 and that. You can only be that, you know. And it it was very easy for them to kind of box us and. I struggle myself with people judging me by my cover. So I definitely went through that with a lot of the girls on the show, whether they were wives or doctors, both actually. So yes, they, they definitely feel like they have some sort of advantage or upper hand being a doctor. I could see that, you know, just in life, I could see yeah. that. And like, what do you think is the biggest misconception am- amongst like people who are like your doctor's wife. Like, what do you think is the biggest misconception about like a doctor's wife? Not even on the show, just in life. Well, I want to say that there's definitely different types of wives, but the type of wife that I am is I'm very involved in my husband's business and we actually have a lot of joint business ventures. So as his wife, I feel a lot of pressure because we work together and and we are married so um i know people judge me by my cover and i know that it's easier for them to just think that i have this great life because of what they see but the reality is that we rarely enjoy the fruits of our labor and um we're really just trying to build and start something for the generations to come after us you know what i mean for our family name and we're we are hard workers yes we have a great life but we work really hard. And I think that it's hard for people to believe that. Right. I mean, they see certain about things. Me. Right. Like they see certain things and, you know, like they don't realize like there's actually hard work behind this. And, and for some wives, their husbands don't require that much from them and they don't involve them in their business and they have a lot of help. But I'm a very, first of all, my husband's not that husband. So it sucks for me. <laughs> right. but I um, I am also aside from him being the way he is I'm a go-getter and I'm driven I'm ambitious and I have goals of my own and he knows that that's why he got with me but um I have goals of my own so I don't it's hard for me sometimes being judged and stuff but at, at my core I know who I am and I know that if you try to get to know me and you try to know more about me you will see that you know what I mean that makes sense. And then before you were on this show, like, did you know anyone on this show? Like Dr. Britton, Amani, like, did you know any of them? No. No. So did you I meet? Didn't. 
So did you meet them for the first time, like on camera, like in a first scene? No, um, we, we had gone out a few times prior to filming and we got to know each other. And Shanique and I spent a lot of time before filming together, just hanging out. You know, we really enjoy each other. So we would text each other and say, you know, even if it wasn't something arranged by the network, we would hang out on our own because we really do enjoy each other's company. And like she was at my baby shower and, you know, things that had happened before the show aired. So, yeah. So that's good. And then once you started filming, like, what was it like? Like, was it what you expected? You know, was the process where you're like, oh my God, like I'm not used to these cameras, like, or was it well, totally I, different? You know, honestly, when I'm out sometimes, a lot, a lot of people just stare. They do stare. So I'm kind of used to ignoring that, like, okay, there's someone right there, but whatever. You know, I was kind of used to blocking people out, so I kind of did that with the cameras anyway. But what I noticed with my cast, well, with my girlfriends, the other cast members, um, they switched up significantly. They were different people when the cameras came around. And I was like, is she serious? You know, like, I was in shock because we had met prior to filming we had kind of kind of got a little bond going and so much for that you know like as soon as the cameras turned on they were you're like where, who was the biggest offender of that i'd say asha really yeah i mean she's old news now but yeah she is old news now which <laughs> we're, we're gonna get into that just like what and like was she like just trying to be fake or like create a storyline or was it more just like i i want to hog that camera and i want as much camera time and i'll bring it was it. that it was I, I it was a compilation of all of that actually but it was i would say the most of it most of it was wanting that camera time and really selling a story that she wanted to give and not not maybe what what, what the reality of the situation was right and I think eventually when someone does that, like as the viewer, like viewers, I just think this, at this point into reality TV, I mean, we're many, many, many years in, like, it's yeah. just obvious. Like it's you obvious. You can spot a fake. Yeah. And then that's just such a turnoff. You know, it's like, stop trying so hard. Just be yourself. Good, bad, ugly, not ugly, whatever. Just be yourself. I agree. So she was the most, the biggest offender, so to speak. I'd say so. I mean, second, second to her would be, I'd say um, Imani, for sure. Really? Yeah. And did you Definitely. think, like, did you think, like, get a sense from some of the women that, like, they were there for the wrong reasons? You know what I mean? Like, fame. I mean, money, too, but, like, really fame. You, I, I was so involved in my own life it was hard for me to like try to figure out what the hell they were doing or you know these pre these um you know like hidden agendas I couldn't you know I would show up and I would be me and I would have to deal with whoever they were being and showing me that day I was a new mom my baby was like four four or five months when I was filming so yeah. I was I was in a whole different place, but, um, which is why sometimes when you guys saw me on the show, I was very, sometimes I'd be blank. Sometimes I'd be wild. Sometimes I'd be ditzy. I was, I was having fun. Okay. I didn't care. <laughs> you were like, I have a four month old and this is like right. a minute away from all right. of that. Like, let me just get out. 
Yes. So, so yeah, I'd say that um, I didn't spend time thinking about what they might be doing, but I definitely learned quickly. Right. I'm sure like you were quickly learning like who was showing up for what and just being themselves and who was one way. I mean, I'm sure that came right. pretty quickly. Absolutely. And then what about, you know, one of the things we saw in the first season was this whole like Shanique Asha business yeah. where like Shanique's husband invited his colleague, I guess, who is Asha's husband's ex. Yes. So where'd you come out on that whole Shanique? I don't even know about verses, but I guess verses yeah. for lack of a better word, Asha. You know, it, I totally get how Asha was offended, but I don't get how she tried to point the finger at Shanique because Shanique took the time to call Asha and tell her that Anissa would be at this party. And thereafter, Asha decided she still wanted to come. Yeah. And for me, I, I couldn't figure out how she expected Shanique, anything of Shanique. She, the, Shanique gave her notice. You know, I, I can't say that I would do the same thing because Shanique and I are different people, but I love my friend and I'm going to support my friend and I'm going to back her up regardless. So I did that. You know, I asked Asha, why is it such a big deal? Why do you care so much? If you're over the situation, you chose to come, ignore the wife, like not the wife, <laughs> ignore the ex, ignore right. Anissa. And um, she, again, she had an agenda and she wanted attention and she wanted to create a storyline that worked in her favor and she did that right i mean like in a way this was like handed to her on a silver platter like this yeah. storyline yeah yeah and to your point right which we didn't even see as a viewer until i think later on you know that like you knew this woman was going to be there so you kind of came at your own expense like you knew what was going on exactly and and it's like why? What was all of this about? The only thing you can conclude from that is you wanted some attention from it or else you wanted to be a victim or else why would you come? You did not have to come. You chose to come and you chose to be upset that she was here, even though you knew she would be here. So go home. Like, why are you even still here? If you saw her here, when you got here, leave. Really, that's what I would do. Or I'd act like I didn't see her because right. why are you giving her attention? And like, you think in a way she was happy, you know, like, okay, now I know this woman's going to be here. Like, and now I'm definitely going. I'm going to double yeah. down because this is my storyline. Like, thank you. I, I would assume so. Because if it, if it were the opposite and she really didn't want to have anything to do with it, then she would not have come. She wasn't, she didn't have to come. Right. That's true. Just saying. That is true. No, I mean, that is, that is, that is very true. Yeah. So that was one whole shebang shebang that we saw and then we saw some other well, we saw like maybe one other major shebang which mind you i think you guys had less drama in the first season than a lot of other shows so like yeah it was like a nice little show like i don't think there was that much drama you know and i don't say that in a bad way i say that like in a good way but i mean yeah a lot of viewers think it was a little boring but it was real and it's going to be a lot different this upcoming season that airs tomorrow so make sure you watch I thought it was great. You know, like, for, believe it or not, I actually enjoyed it more than the Atlanta version. Really? So, well, you know what it is? There were less of you to, like, there were less people. So, like, yeah. to me, it's like when there's a new show that you're getting to know people 
to need less is more. So if there's like eight new people, it just takes you an extra minute to really understand who's who. So to me, the fact that there were only like five or six main people to follow is like, okay, I'm kind of getting a vibe. You know, because I also think like a second season is when like the viewer really starts to get to know you more as like a person outside of this group, which we're going to get into all of that soon during this lovely chat of ours. But first, let's get to the other shebang. So you know what I'm going to bring up, your lovely Barbie brunch. Yes. Now, I have a lot to say about this. So you had this Barbie brunch where you wanted all the women to dress as Barbies, which sounds really innocent to me. It sounds like a very fun day. I would have loved, if you invited me, I would have loved to have come. I would have dressed as a Barbie myself. Woo, you're invited to the next one, okay? Thank you very much. But now we have all sorts of things going on. We have people that are offended. Noelle is offended by Barbies. Yeah. She says, like, when she was growing up, you know, so then now we just, this whole, like, did you expect this whole race element to come into it where, you know, like Noelle, like Dr. Noelle was saying, like, you know, the Barbies were all white. She couldn't relate to them growing up. I mean, I'm definitely aware and knowledgeable about the effects of Barbie. Did I expect them to make a huge deal about it? Yes, because they like to pick on me. So I wasn't surprised. And I actually wanted to provoke this type of conversation. Right. So I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I just wish they would have been a little more positive and like excited and, you know, supportive honestly I am myself I'm different I'm not like you and I choose to express myself and have fun in my own life and if you want to talk about something that's great but don't point the finger as if I'm being insensitive just say hey Jasmine you know this makes me think of my daughter you know she's going through this you can you can present things in a way that's not so judgmental you know and I felt like they were being judgmental Right. And like, that's the takeaway that I took from you is you're, you're kind of like, I mean, these discussions are important. Like, you know, you welcome them, but it's, you know, asking someone to come dressed as a Barbie that you shouldn't be personally offended at you. Right. As important as these discussions are, which you were open to and welcome and they're important discussions. But the whole, like, I think like Dr. Armani just came and said, like, I'm not dressing as a Barbie. Like, I just don't do that. And all this other stuff. Yeah, I don't think the party was a time for that discussion. Like, be at the party. Have fun at the party. Let's do the things that I have planned for us here. And let's talk about this maybe after the party. Don't crash my Barbie party, okay? Right. It's just a fun day out in LA at a Barbie party. Seriously. And now we get to the other, like, main drama of the season when Dr. Amani is talking about the fact that, you know, there's... She said, there's a lack of furniture in your house. There's really expensive cars and it looks like a drug dealer's house, which then became basically one of the main storylines of the whole season, which I could understand you not being thrilled that someone is leaving your house saying it looks like a drug dealer's house because there's expensive cars and no furniture. So tell me about all of this. Okay, so my reaction to this comment was so dramatic because there were two things that really bothered me about it. And it wasn't so much, you know, those other things that she said, but it was more so the fact that I really looked at Imani initially as someone that I could look up to, someone strong, someone confident. She's like 15 years older than me. So, you know, I've always had 
mentor type roles in my life. And so I thought, hey, I'm excited to be around these beautiful, positive, successful women. Finally, I have like, because I'm always the one that's teaching my friends or leading my friends. So I was ready to be around people that wanted to teach me. And so for her to come to my house and then say something so derogatory, it hurt me. Like it hurt me. I was hurt by that because I thought we were building a sisterhood. And the other factor was that she didn't bring it to my face. She brought it to my friend's face with five cameras in front of her and she pretended like it was a joke and that she was just playing. And it's hard for me to believe that when you have cameras in your face and when you are a physician, she says all the time how she comes from an affluent family and you know, her, all of that stuff. And so for me, it's like coming from that, you talk like that. I don't come from an affluent family, but my family definitely taught me how to be respectful and how to use my words lightly and how to um, really only say something when you have something nice to say, right? So it, it struck me because I didn't like, I don't like fake people. I don't like disrespectful people. I really don't care if you like me, but you have to respect me. And I'm on here alone. My family chose to opt out for the most part. So I'm representing, my family represents, I mean, my home represents my family. So yeah, you didn't say he does this. When in reality, that whole conversation that you didn't see, she said a lot more and it was direct. It wasn't about the house. It was about my husband and it was about me. So she, she scapegoated a lot of what she actually said because they didn't air it because it was so bad. But, um, but that's really what made me upset about the situation. And it was annoying. And I definitely confront situations head on. So I did that. And right. No, you did. And like to double down and then, you know, add the next layer of like, I'm a psychiatrist. So I right. know what psychiatrists make and your husband's a psychiatrist. So like, it's almost like just taking it to the next level. Which is very ignorant because what are you even, so are you saying that every psychiatrist has to stay within the same tax bracket because they chose to be a psych? That is a, that is the dumbest, most ignorant, most uneducated statement ever, because not only are you putting down another black man who has worked really hard for what he has, but you're also telling other young children who are looking to maybe be a doctor that, Hey, you know, if you be a doctor, you can only make this level of success. That's it. Cut it off. Can't make more than that, which is a lie. It's stupid. You're supposed to be someone. You're supposed to be a role model. You're supposed to be someone who, if you don't know the truth, if you don't know a fact, then you don't say it. That's the educated way to go about something. If you don't have an answer. Don't don't answer. If you don't know the answer, don't answer. If you don't know a fact, don't say it. Because that's a that's a false statement. Yeah, and I mean, I guess. I'm just thinking of this now to your point, I guess if you're saying that this is where you can go as a doctor and then to make a reference to a drug dealer, it's almost like saying this beautiful house is what you could have, not if you're a doctor, but if you're a drug dealer. And we know how many people stereotype black men, that the reality of it. I mean, even when my husband and I are out on vacation or in Vegas in elevators, I can't tell you how many people say, hey, what team do you play for? Really? They don't assume he has a career or that he's a businessman. They think he's in sport. He plays sports. Of course he does. You know, what else is he going to do? 
because he's here. He looks good. Whoa. So it's a lot of things. And, um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Fortunately, I'm moving past her ignorance and I'm going to continue to call it out when she, when it's there. That's good. Yeah. Do- did you get any like pushback from Bravo? Cause I know like with the housewives, sometimes they do like, you know, when they're going onto the show, like, did you get any pushback from Bravo of like, we need your husband, we need your family. You got to show yeah. it all. Yeah, I definitely do get pushback. But um, the unique situation about me is that from the very first encounter with them, I made it very clear that he's never doing this. And you know, I'm not going to speak for the future or even for season two, because you'll have to watch it to see what really happens. But I'm married to medicine. And that is my number one job before Bravo and, and before anything else. I have to show up for my husband and I have to support my husband because that's what he does for me. And if he's if he's asking me to, hey, just let me work. I don't want the cameras in our life. I don't want to expose this aspect of our life. You do it if you want to but I'm not. Okay, babe. I mean, he's still showing up at dinner. He's still supporting our family. He's still being a a father to my son. He's still being a supportive best friend to me. So to ask him to do, to layer that with something kind of extra is, it's not fair of me to him. And that's really, that's what I tell them when they, when they try to give me pushback, but we'll see what happens. I mean, good for you in a lot of ways, you know, that you're saying that that's your main job. You know, I think sometimes people, you know, four seasons, five seasons in lose sight of that, you know, it like, I think, you know, this whole reality and fame thing could really, you know, I think not for you, but like good for you for saying like, I got my priorities straight and like, you know, this is a great job. I love being on the show and I'm here for, for a long time if that's where it goes. But like my marriage is kind of my most important thing. Well, yeah, we've always had like an open and honest and direct stream of communication from the very beginning. And I know that that's essential to keeping us afloat, you know, so I cannot lose that in the midst of this because this is my life, not the show. You know, I mean, the show is my life, but if I don't have my, my at home life on lock, then I don't have anything to show the show. <laughs> That's awesome. And like, good for him too. I mean, even though we're living in the year 2020, you know, there are a lot of people that I have spoken to who are like, yeah, I was approached to do this show on Bravo. Like my husband won't let me and like, you know, which is a whole nother conversation, but like good for him for being like, you know, I don't want to be on this, but I support you. So that's amazing. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm so appreciative of him supporting me doing this because that's still that's still a um he's still working with me that's still a compromise right and what do you say to like all the other women because you know like we even saw it with like that psychiatrist scene where you shut it right down where she's saying there's like a shadow around your husband and like you think that might have been like set up by dr noel like you know, what do you feel, at least in season one, like all that pressure from the women of like, why don't we ever see your husband? I mean, like. I mean, I totally understand it. And the shadow is him not being on the show. So, okay, there's the shadow. Duh. But as far as the women, I get, I get them being my friends and wanting to see more of me because my husband is definitely a part of me. I get it. But they have to understand that he's an adult. And 
I cannot force him to make time to mingle because he's got his own agenda right now. And he's in that zone where he's focused and he's building and he has his friends. He has his family. We put God first and we kind of just stay in our bubble. And if he's not open or making time to, you know, hang out, which he never does, he's either working, sleeping, eating, or working out, um, then I don't know what to tell you. If you want to be my friend, we can still be friends. But if that's a, if, if I have to give you that for us to be friends, then keep it pushing. Right. Seriously. Who did you bond with the most out of the first season? I mean, obviously not Dr. Omani, but who are you kind of like the closest to? And Shanique, obviously. We are, we are really friends. Like, I know a lot of the times you see friends on shows and those friends don't talk when the show is over. We talk every day. She's like a sister, you know? So I'd say Shanique. So that's like a great byproduct of this show. Like just yes, meeting is. like someone that you're really close with and good friends with absolutely I really I really value our friendship because it's hard to find friends as you become an adult you know and you guys went through the first season together I mean you all did and so why do you think Asha and Dr. Noel didn't work out like why do you think they were not as back so to speak I think they didn't work out because they were very they were very interested in controlling their narrative and you know, I just, it's not interesting when you do that. It's very forced and it's just not interesting. And the show has to be interesting. I, I definitely show up and I give you everything I can give you. I mean, to me, that's, that's married to medicine. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm showing you married to medicine. Okay. So when, when they show up, they don't always do that. Um, it's very, listen, we're, this is what's going to be, this is what I'm sharing. And that's it. Okay. That was it. She's an actress and she came to act. And that's not what the show is about. This is reality. You can't read your script, boo. You need to be real. Right. Like, I mean, you really just, I think the minute you try to control certain parts of your life that you just don't want shown, you know, right. other than like you agree up front, but just like your actual daily life, it's not going to work, you know? No. You got to let the good and the bad and the ugly hang out exactly that's kind of what you signed up for yeah so I think that's why and you know Noel I don't really have anything particular to say about her she was always just very packaged with Asha so I think maybe that's why both of them did not come back but um yeah what was the best thing about season one that like when it was all said and done that you took away Oh my goodness. The best thing about season one was really just toughening up me personally, because um, I'm younger than the other women and I'm a lot more sensitive. And so for me, it was, it was something that I needed to do in life in general, but the show kind of forced it on me um, because there's no way you are going to make it being sensitive and having um, thin skin. Like I had to thicken up my skin and really just get to know myself and, you know, just kind of get that strength, that, that inner strength and say, you know who you are, be who you are, accept who you are. Everybody's not going to like you. They're just not, you're not going to win. You're not, this isn't miscongeniality, not on this show. So forget it. 
And once I did that, um, and I went into season two with that mentality, I feel so much different and I feel so much better. Really? I mean, I think that's yeah. really freeing just in life when you're just like, listen, yes. I, this is me and, and not everyone has to like me and that's okay. That's a really hard thing to learn, I think. It is. And I'm, I'm honestly grateful, even if I didn't go on for a season two, like to have gone through that and for me to take that from season one was enough, you know? And really, you did just the opposite because technically you were, you know, like friend the first season. Now you're like a cast member. So really, yeah, you kind of went in the opposite direction, if anything. So that's great. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. What about what can you tell us about Kendra and Leah, the two new girls? <gasps> well, Kendra, I love Kendra. She makes me laugh. We actually do get into it a little bit about um, some things. And I should stop talking because I don't want to give it away. <laughs> but um, she's, she's fun. I think that the best thing about these two women is that they both come as they are and they're not afraid, unlike Asha and Noel, to just give us their reality. They're not holding back. Some of them are liars, but they're not holding back. <laughs> Ooh. We call Leah lion-ass Leah. Really? Yeah, remember that name. See, that's a little teaser for the new season. You, you have me intrigued. Yes. So yes. Ke keep our eyes on Lying as Leah. Do that, please. Okay. I'm going to take um, your word for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than that, we're all very driven and ambitious. There's nobody on our cast that's kind of just got their feet up, kicking it. You know, we are all invested in creating a future for ourselves. So we're not just kind of letting this just fly by, fly by us. We're actively being bosses. That's good. What else can we expect from the new season? Like not giving anything away? Like how do you think it's different than the first season? Season coming up, we, we are around each other a lot more. I think a lot of the scenes last season, we were split up and we were segregated in a way. Like we would stick with our people, but you would rarely see us having to be together and hang out together and deal with each other together. So I think that this season is a lot more fun because everyone's so different. Um, it's a lot more well-rounded. You see all of our lives to its entirety as much as possible. And that's, that's, that's going to be enlightening for the viewers because I'm sure that they want to see, you know, what are they doing when they're chilling? What are they doing for fun? What do they do for work? So you'll see that. And there's just more togetherness, you know, we're just, we're just meshing as best as possible. Not definitely not nice, but we're meshing. And we're going to get to see where you and Dr. Omani are today. What? Yes. You so, will. That's, so that's good, right? Yeah, that's good. And we're going to get to know you better. Yes, you definitely, you will see so much more of my business because that was a big misperception was that I didn't have any, <laughs> was that I was silly. I was, I mean, I don't even really know if you saw me in that setting. So you will definitely see that. And I'll continue to be my fun, crazy self and all of the good stuff. I'm giving all of the good stuff. That's good. Now that leads us into tell us about your business because we really didn't see much of that at all. Okay. So I'm an entrepreneur. So I do have multiple, but 
on this season, I'm going to be broadcasting my lifestyle concierge. It's LS, the lifestyle concierge. And we have a rental property in Hollywood Hills with unobstructed views of LA. And we also have exotic vehicle rentals. So this concierge provides experiences to our clientele. And we have a range of clients. Most of them just desire a luxury experience. So they may rent the property and rent the car and ask us to create, you know, a, a intimate setting at the house with flowers and music, live music and decor. And we'll do that. And some of them just want to have an LA staycation and they want to just chill and they do that. So my concierge caters to my clients, whatever they want, we give them. And we, um, we really just, we give you something that you can't find in a lot of places because typically when you travel, you'll say, I want to do this, this, and this, and the hotel will be able to give you a driver, but they can't give you this. They can't give you that. They don't know about a makeup artist. They don't have a photographer, but you can, you can, ask us for what you want and we'll make it happen so that you're not looking for vendors for every little single single thing that you want to do. We're like a one-stop. It's like a one-stop shop. And it's, and it's right. all associated with like staying in this property in the, Holl- yes. in the Hollywood Hills. I mean, some of it is not because we do have exotic vehicle rentals like Lamborghinis and Phantoms that you can rent for a night out or for five nights out. We have a lot of clients that come from Vegas or from Miami and they want to rent the Lamborghini for two weeks and they do and they do whatever they do in the Lambo and you know, they return it. So there's a variety of, of ways that you can experience LS, but we are here for it all. That's amazing. Are, are most all of your clients like from outside LA or do you get like locals that are just like, I'm going to go up to that house in the Hollywood Hills and have my Lambo and I want my one-stop shop and I don't want to think about anything in the world for two weeks. You know, we have a range. A lot of people are from LA, but we also get a lot of people that are coming from all over the world, literally. Like we had someone come from Canada and they wanted to propose. So we had a huge like uh, heart sculpture and a flower arrangement with rose petals everywhere. And he had this seamless view of Los Angeles and he proposed. We actually get a lot of proposals at that property. It's crazy. I I could see Um, that. Yeah. So it's everywhere, honestly. And we have a lot of repeat, repeat guests and VIP. Do you have a lot of like bachelor parties, bachelorettes, or it's not as much as I would think? Well, we have to abide by the city ordinance and they've gotten really strict, honestly. And so we, there are a lot of restrictions when it comes to bigger parties. So we don't, we don't necessarily promote it as a party place because we're still in a multi-million dollar neighborhood and we want to respect our neighbors. But um, we are all for intimate gatherings and, and things of that nature. It's perfect for a proposal, really. Yes, yes. You know, you get yes. all of that. It's easy. What about all of your fitness stuff, like your fitness blog and the clothes? How yes. is all that doing? That's all going really well. Fitness for me is my life. So I don't have to force any of that. I just, you know, I'm really working on strategy when it comes to my um, fitness lifestyle business because I'm so busy that I don't have as much time to be as creative as I'd like to be. And I feel like the industry is saturated. So I want to be original when I really go full force with it. And so I'm kind of taking my time and I'm figuring out my lane, you know, and I'm sharing insight all the time. I'm sharing tips 
books and food and workouts, all of it for free, because more than anything, I want people to take advantage of, of what I have to offer and because a healthier world is a healthier us. So. Yeah. And like the other business that you just mentioned seems that must take a lot of time. Oh yeah. And, um, well, a lot of what I'm working on now too, is like my YouTube channel and I have an online women's boutique. So I've been busy with that. Obviously I need to hire some help because I like to do everything myself. I'm very kind of controlling a little bit. I like to just get it done, you know, my way, but I'm learning to delegate so that I can really just expand everything. It's hard to, you know, and yes, I've seen your YouTube. So like that, you you keep that up pretty well. Seems yeah, like you're I'm always trying. adding new, new content on there. Yeah, thanks. So what's your goal? Like, what are you going to do as soon as we're out of quarantine? I'm probably going to have to travel because my husband is going crazy. He's, he's, he's the guy that needs to leave for a little bit because he's in and out of the hospitals every single day and he needs a break and I have to support him. Even if I'm a homebody, I'm like, fine, I'll go. But I, I really don't need to do that. Um, so I'll have to go with him, but I'll continue to work on perfecting my craft because I definitely want to be intentional with what I want to do. I want people to be able to use it and, and it be used. That, that, that makes sense. I'm with your husband. I would like to get on possibly the first airplane that I'm allowed to yeah. get on. I literally have to fight him. Like I'm not going anywhere this week. It's not going to happen. And he likes, he can only go for two days. So he wants to go these far ass places and fly back in a day. And I'm like, that's stupid. You need to give me your husband's number. I am 100%. (laughs) I am 100% the same way. You have no idea. Like I will go somewhere for the minimum amount of time. Like even like I, I like, I've been to like a million countries, like even when I went to Africa, like I really like to go like just, yeah, like nine, like 11, 12 days is so long. I'm like, get me home. out of there. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like your husband. I like to just land and there's no fluff in the schedule. Forget about sleep. Like, let's just do what we have to do, experience it and get the hell out. I'm so That's the same so way. Him. I guess that should be nicer then because I make him feel like he's the only crazy person in the world that does this. <laughs> I am like, I'm like, why are we going for 14 days when we can go for 10 and we just shave four days right. off? We can get back home and like move on with our lives. So That's I totally funny. get it. Well, when this is over, I mean, technically I'm supposed to be in LA in July. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if I am, you and I will need to go out for a drink. Yeah, you can bring fun. your husband. You don't have to. We'll just have a drink. <laughs> just you and me, whatever. Okay. You know, is there anything else? Well, first of all, everyone needs to watch the new season, which yes, starts May 3rd, Sunday. Tomorrow. Yes, Sunday. It's, it's going to be a great season, I think. I think it's a great show. I think for anyone that watches the Atlanta version that is not watching this, first of all, you can easily catch up on the first season because it's only 10 episodes. So, yeah. No, only eight. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. See, that's another reason why I thought the first season was great. I, I forgot it was eight. That's the thing. It was like five or six main people to follow. And it was eight. It was just like, I don't know, for like a new show, it was the perfect amount. So Yep. And there's going to be more episodes this season. So expect that. That's what I was going to ask you. So that's great. Mm-hmm. So I think anyone that hasn't seen it should go watch eight episodes. I mean, that's like eight hours, even less. That's and nothing. 
you're in quarantine, so you have nothing else to do right now. And this is a great show. Um, is there anything else you want to like leave with before I like to give people like, do you think we've covered everything? Is there anything else you want us to get into? No, honestly, I appreciate you for going so in depth with me. I would say that for those watching our show to remember not to compare us to Atlanta because we're very original and we're not living up to their hype. We're trying to set the tone for LA and you know, this is LA. We're not Atlanta. So don't expect that from us. Expect LA. Get into this vibe. It's a, it's a whole vibe. I promise. It's a whole different vibe. Would you ever yes. be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Yes. If there was a, a hip-hopping, flopping agenda, then yes. But I'm kind of committed to my Married to Medicine fam. So yes. I don't think it'd be ideal for me to do that. But I want to, I want to get to know my Beverly Hills peeps. That would be amazing. Now right. that would be amazing. No, I meant like, if you know, married to Med like in five years, if married to medicine went away, like I'm thinking oh, yeah. of like 12 hypotheticals, it goes away. It's five years from now. Beverly Hills is still on the air. I would love that. It would be good for yes. you. Yes. You could go head to head with some of those, but I don't think you should be leaving Married to Medicine in LA anywhere. And I do agree. I think it's it's different than LA. And I mean, it's different than Atlanta and it's a whole different vibe. And I mean, to be honest with you, that's why I think it's great because LA is a great freaking city. I think so. And don't judge us by that that season one cover because we got a whole new thing coming at you, season two. Really? Mm-hmm. It's, and you know, it's it also, let's not forget, so Million Dollar Listing LA and Real Housewives of Potomac were just pushed off. So really the, on, the, only, new, the only new Bravo programming right now, this week, you know, this month is the Camp Getaway and Married to Medicine oh, LA. I didn't know they took away a uh, Million Dollar Listing. They pushed it to, which is a great show. Oh my God, it's the best oh, show ever. I love, yeah, I've got friends on there. That's, oh man. Tracy Tudor is everything. Josh Altman. Yes. They pushed Josh. it. I love Josh. They pushed it to June. I don't know the exact date, but they pushed it to June. Wow. That's, wow. That's crazy. Looks like, you know, looks like we've got the upper hand. I kind of think so. That's my whole point. You guys, you got two choices for our new shows on Bravo right now, Camp Getaway or Married to Medicine LA. So both very different, right? I mean, I really appreciate you sitting down with me. I wanted everyone to understand this is a great show. And also, you know, just to get to know you better. That's really my goal. Of yeah, us well, thank you. I had a good time. Hopefully you had a good time as well. And let's really, if I'm out there and you're around like July, August, let's, we're going to, I'm going to look you up. Like we'll like stay David, in touch. Yes. You DM me and we are going out. Okay. Thank let's, you. David. Thank you so much. Have some fun and I will talk to you soon. Okay, I want to know what you think about, about tomorrow's episode, so let me know. I'm going to DM you as soon as I watch it. Okay. All right, Have love you much. One. You too. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear subscribe 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 on apple podcasts under behind the velvet rope and when you're done subscribing feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count we read each and every one of them we post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going and we really appreciate everything you guys say especially the positive ones and if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope 
on Instagram. We are at David Yantef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.